Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am adding an additional special segment to this week's lineup, and I had such a good time talking with Aaron D. Snyder, author of the book, The New Diabetes Prescription, The Diet, Exercise, and Mindset Revolution, uh, a short time ago, that I've invited him back, and today we'd like to focus on ultimate weight loss and continue that diet, exercise, and mindset revolution for those of us who don't have diabetes or who simply want to get healthier, increase our uh, lifestyle, and lose some weight. Uh, I know a lot of people with this on their minds. So, Aaron, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Oh, I had a blast last time. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, it's great. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I Well, there was, you have so much in the book. You should see it. I have post-it notes everywhere. You know, you talked so much great stuff, and we did focus on diabetes, and I thought, well, what about for those who don't, why don't we just, because there's so much more to say, you know, on the subject. Yeah. So, so just a continuation of our previous conversation. But I wanted to take a kind of honor your temple approach. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's start with, you know, if someone, someone's overweight or have, has a little bit of a tire going, that kind of thing, what are some of the, the top eating habits that are bad for you and that keep teetering that seesaw? Well, the very first one is I, I ask these people, and, and I, I catch nine out of ten of them. I say, do you eat breakfast? And whether or not they say yes or no, if they say yes and breakfast comes down to, well, I have a, uh, I have a piece of toast three hours after waking with some black coffee, then my answer is no, you didn't really eat breakfast. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it again. Do you eat uh, you know, a quality nutritious meal within an hour to 90 minutes tops after waking up? If the answer is no, I'm not surprised you're overweight. I'm not surprised at all. Because a lot of bad stuff happens to our bodies when we skip breakfast. But to put it into perspective, everybody knows about a yo-yo diet. It's where you cut your calories too much, you get a ton of cravings. We, we talked about how leptin is involved with those cravings coming on because of a yo-yo diet last time. And sure enough, you then, you act on those cravings, you overeat, your metabolism is slower once you're in that high craving state, again, because of leptin, and then you gain all your weight back and then some. And not only are you back to square one, you're back to square negative one, because you're you're further back than you did. Well, skipping breakfast is like going on a yo-yo diet every day. I'll say Mm. that again. Skipping breakfast is like going on a mini yo-yo diet every day. So what happens is, there's something horrible that 
happens to very overweight people or people who just start on the journey where they've got a spare tire and they're on their way to becoming very overweight. And it's called nighttime eating syndrome. And it's a big fancy term, I think coined in 1952. It just means craving a lot of food at night and acting on that and, and eating a huge breakfast while having very few calories earlier in the day. Now, when you lock yourself into that eating pattern, and again, you're going to find 9 out of 10 really overweight people doing this, all of them will tell you we're, they're not hungry in the morning. They don't get, that's not when they get their cravings. They're surprisingly not really hungry even at lunch, but then sometime kicks around 2 o'clock they start to eat. Then by 5 o'clock they're really eating. And into 9 o'clock they're eating carbs, 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 sugar, 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 fat, fat, fat. Now, every time you're doing that, you're just, you're not burning as many calories as you're eating. When you're in a high craving state, Mm-hmm. You're always going to be overeating. You know, this is this is something where we talk about, we go back to awareness and we go back to mindset. In a craving state, you're ravenous. You don't have control. You're always going to go too far. Now, imagine if you're living a lifestyle where every day you're going too far. It's, it's not even a surprise that you're overweight. And, you, right. you know, here's the other problem is you'll, and this tops, this goes into another big boo-boo that very over people make, myself included, is you'll say, well, how many calories did you eat? And they'll say, well, that's the thing, you know, I'm sure I may be eating them all at night or eating a lot of them at night, but I eat it, you know, I eat what I burn. And the answer is, no, you don't. Because here's another fallacy about being overweight is, unfortunately, we are, as a population, notoriously horrible at actually accounting for how many calories we really eat. They've done studies where they'll take people who, a bunch of people who are overweight who say, hey, you know, my metabolism is slow. I've got a slow metabolism. This is why they overeat or this is why they're, they're gaining weight. And they'll right. have them self-report how many calories they eat. You know, take a food journal. You know, tell me how many calories you're burning. Tell me how many calories you eat. Tell me how much exercise you do. And... Then what they'll do is they'll take one of those calorie equations and actually calculate how many calories they should be burning. And they'll test how many calories in a lab, how many calories they really are burning. And, you know, those numbers are really close. What that means is these people thought they were had slow metabolism, but they really don't. But then here's the kicker. Why are they gaining weight? Because statistically speaking, overweight people tend to overestimate how many calories they're burning by about 50% and underestimate how many calories they're eating by 50%. Mm. Mm-hmm. What that means is overweight people tend, you know, really aren't exercising or burning as many calories as they think, and they're eating a lot more than they think, and their metabolisms are just fine. And I was one of these people. So when you take a person like that and you combine it with this nighttime eating syndrome, you know, it's just, it's just not a wonder. You know, but again, this comes back to raising that awareness of realizing you know, so first step is you got to eat a quality breakfast. Second mm-hmm. step is you should keep some sort of food journal, but a food journal is worthless. Really what you should keep is a food plan, and I'll, I'll talk about that as the third tip. Okay. And then I'll segue back into the second thing, which was knowing how many calories you're eating. You know, a food journal is at the end of the day, I'll write down everything that I ate. You know, that's useful. 
if it's successful, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, at the end of the day, I, I ate X, Y, and Z, I, I feel good, I have energy, and I, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. too stuffed, and hey, look, you know, the next day the uh, the scale shows I'm half a pound down. Okay, that's, that's a successful eating plan. If you can replicate X, Y, and Z, you've got a decent roadmap on where to start. It's not that effective, though. What's more oh. effective is saying, here's what I'm going to eat at the beginning of the day. Is because then what you're doing is you are creating your reality. You know, it's mm-hmm. a huge mindset difference to say this is what is going to happen on this day. Now, you don't be unrealistic about it. Don't say I'm going to eat 500 calories over the day and I'm going to be a monk. You know, may, you should make a slight caloric reduction. It does help. Again, this has to be quality food. But the good news is when you're eating high quality, high protein, high fiber food, you're not going to notice that you are cutting calories. Okay. So you make a diet out of that, and you say, it is my intention that I am going to, over the day, eat these foods at around these times. You know, Again, it doesn't have to be robotically perfect. It doesn't have to be this uphill march where only people you know, with an OCD-like complex can, can actually follow it. It can be something comfortable, but it does have to be intentional. It has to okay. be deliberate. That's the most important thing. Everybody can be deliberate. Everybody has a will, and this is a great way to exercise that will. Okay. When you do that, over the day, at the end of the day, lo and behold, the plan works. You know, you're going to be able to follow through with that more days than not. And the thing is, when we compare that to what you were doing, it's way better. And that's why you start to lose weight. Now, here's the thing about that, where I was going to say I was going to go back. Mm -hmm. You say, well, I'm going to eat two cups of broccoli with, you know, my baked chicken, and I'm going to have six ounces of baked chicken, you have to know that that's six ounces of chicken. And you have to know that's two cups of broccoli. In other words, you have to measure your food. And when you measure your food or you weigh your food, it's the same thing. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably, weighing them or measuring them. When you do that, You are no longer part of that obesity statistic where you are underestimating how many calories you're really eating because that is the only way that you can be making that mistake and be lying to yourself is if you were never really honestly measuring your food. You were just kind of off the cuff. Well, you know, it looks like two Hershey Kisses looks like 80 calories. Well, okay, but you've got to read the label. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to that. And those are really the top three things that I can say to anybody who just wants to start losing weight. And really when you think about it, that's not that drastic. What I'm saying is deliberately say what you're going to eat, measure your food, and eat breakfast. That's really not that hard. It's really not asking that much. It's something that we do with our bank accounts every day. But the thing is our bank accounts are able to keep track of what's going on with our debit cards for us. You know, we just log into our bank and see what's been going on. We have right. to do this for ourselves. And I'm sure someday an app, uh, some really awesome app is going to come that just looks at all your food and can tell you all this, and that's going to make this even easier. But until that day comes out, really this is a profound change to when you really think about it to what anybody who's overweight is doing right now that's creating this this weight gain nightmare for them. Okay. Mm. Let me ask about when you this nighttime eating syndrome. Sure. It it sounds similar to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds similar to me, like when your sleep schedule is off because you're either working a late shift 
or you just yep. are a night person and like to stay up late. So you go to bed at this wacky hour, and um, you don't get the really um, restorative sleep that you need. Then you have to get up early and, and get about your day, and you don't start getting energy till 2 o'clock. And then you right. extend it again, and then there's this, it's, right. it's like the it slid on the scale, and then your energy right. isn't there when you need it, and it's there when you most need to be winding down and putting your body into the sleep state. So you're agreeing that with this food, you're stuffing yourself with food late at night now, and I'll tell everybody who listens to my dream interpretation segments, I always tell everybody, make sure before you go to bed, if you're interested in remembering your dreams, empty your bladder don't eat a lot of food or spicy foods or certain, you know, don't ingest a lot of things. So that what happens then is that keeps the body running, trying to digest that food. Not only will mm-hmm. it mess up your sleep in the dream state, but then you're telling me that these people mostly don't eat breakfast. Is it because they're still sitting there with undigested food in their stomach because they were in a reclined position for seven hours? Well, you know, it's interesting. Everything that you're saying is correlated, and everything that you're saying has to do with has, among other things, to do with the hormone melatonin. Now, everybody's heard about melatonin; it's this hormone that's excreted by your pineal gland, mm-hmm. uh, which is right around your third eye. I mean, we can say that on this show. And it, that's exactly what's going what on. It it's, yeah, it's your third eye. Pineal yeah. gland is so your you, third eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Most people are gonna. What's your third eye? <laughs> Well, they look, can keep listening to the show, and I'll get into that another time. But they yeah. should know by now. We'll talk about the sixth chakra at another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're so fun. We can say that here. Yeah. We can. We but, can um, talk about. Yes. It's, it's nice to be able to say that. I know. Um, Speak freely, please. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. Because I'm, I'm about to get into some deep spiritual stuff, and you're going to and you're going to wade through it with me. Okay, we can do that too. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, you know what's going on with melatonin is melatonin is a is a hormone that that increases to help induce sleep and keep you asleep. Now, when you're eat, when you've eaten a lot, you're in a dige- digestive state. Your uh, adrenaline is higher. A lot of hormones that are responsible for keeping you awake are more active. Melatonin is going to be down, among other things. It's not just all about melatonin. So it's more about all these other hormones that are elevated that are keeping melatonin from being up. But the bottom line is with nighttime eating syndrome, one of the things that they have found is that melatonin is disrupted and just simply taking melatonin and forcing yourself to go to bed a little bit earlier helps reset the sleep cycle and also helps reset leptin so that you're hungrier earlier in the day and not so hungry at night. So it's one of the treatments for this is just getting hormones restabilized so that hunger occurs when it should occur. And when hunger is occurring when it should occur, i.e. during the waking hours when you have an opportunity to burn it, the beautiful mm-hmm. thing is all of a sudden cravings are not rampant. You know, that, again, that's one of the things that we really have to avoid if we're trying to lose weight. We cannot let ourselves get into a craving state. You want to stay always on an even keel. When you go into those extremes and you go into an extreme diet and you try to cut calories or you're living a lifestyle that's causing you to be so not hungry and then so hungry, you will always pay for it by overeating and on a sluggish metabolism when you do. Just to throw it out there, I'm a very slow eater. I always have been. That's good. Um, that's and good. and so I always I was always the last at the ta- last person sitting at the table. 
um, eating the slowest. And then I learned as I got older that when you eat slowly, you fill up faster. I yep. just don't know how to counsel people on how to eat more slowly. I do it because if I don't, my food's going to get stuck in my esophagus because I have an overblown third chakra. Ah. And I'll tell you about that more later if you want. But but eating slowly, um, what, tell me from a scientific stance what the benefits are. Well, other than I mean, you, filling you, up. Yeah, well, I mean, really, you've just hit on it. I mean, when you're eating, when you're eating a slower state, you're giving your brain time to regulate how many calories it's ingested. You know, I mean, what happens is your your tongue has uh, sensors where you can actually start to tell, okay, this is protein, this is fat I'm taking in, this is glucose I'm taking in. And, in fact, as soon as you start to taste sugar, your body will start to excrete insulin. So, you know, and in fact, sometimes when you see sugar or know you're about to eat, your body can start to regulate itself and prepare itself for the meal. But ah. beyond, yeah, yeah, beyond that, the same thing's happening in the stomach, where the stomach is communicating with the rest of the body, saying, "Hey, you know, this is how many calories we're we're taking in. This is the the type of food that's coming in. So this is what we need to increase." And all this is going on, but you know, the body's not a perfect system. You, we can't simply eye our food and like a computer know, okay, I need this much insulin, I, you know, I'm going to be processing this much protein, I'm going to be processing this much fat. It doesn't work that way. It, it takes time, it takes sensing. You know, so chewing slower gives you that time. And literally, it just comes down to that. Okay. You know, it's just that simple. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, when you're, you know, in contrast, a person like myself who, it was like, you know, being in the military and being told you have a minute to eat. I'd be fine in that environment. It's unfortunate, but true. You know, I could I could swallow a horse and probably win one of those uh, those eating competitions where how, you know, how can you eat, who can you Ew, eat? I was just thinking quickest. about those things and how sick they make me when I see uh, yeah. it on TV. Oh, my God, yeah. it makes me nauseous. But yeah. I'd be screwed in that situation. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm already as it thing. is. I'm ten bites Sally. I get. Um, yeah. I'm pretty tiny. I'm five foot one and 117 pounds. And oh yeah. And I'll I'll tell you later how I did it. But you know I I can only I make sure I only eat portions the size of my fist like they recommend like they recommend. And that's yeah. how I've been maintaining my weight with some light yoga and and some um, light stuff. I I really haven't had a lot of time to do that, but. As far as the portion size, I see people consuming massive. I saw somebody eat a salad. The salad looked like it was about the size of a watermelon. <laughs> it was that big. It was this big mountain of greens and all this healthy stuff. And I'm like, oh my god! I just, of course, you don't re- judge or react. Or I just walked away. I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah. this person is so emotionally wrought that she doesn't. She thinks she's doing something healthy for herself, but it's very mm-hmm. hard. I'm sorry. I, did I interrupt the thought you were having? No, 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 no. That, okay. We're having. We're, we are having a thought. Okay. How can we help people? One one thing I I like to do is you know when I decide I don't like a food like you know in my 20s I had fast food a couple times mm-hmm. and realized that my gut hurt really bad afterwards. Well, it doesn't take mm-hmm. me long to figure out my body doesn't want that and I don't go near it. You know. Mm-hmm. And have you ever eaten a hot pocket? Yeah. Die. It was so yeah. I was in so much pain and people yeah. eat these things. And so when people ask me like would you like some of this and I'm like, oh, no, I don't eat that. I don't eat chocolate. I don't eat sweets. I don't you know, drink coffee and oh, no, I I won't eat a hot dog. That'll hurt me. 
And they're like, yeah. how do you do it? And I said, you know what? It, if it hurts, don't eat it. Um, but I, I also told myself for certain things that when I look at it, I tell myself that, like, that's poison to you. If you, yeah. eat, that, if you eat tomatoes, you're going to blow up, you know? Yes. And, and what you're doing is you are, you are aware in a, in a spiritual and an emotional and in a, in a, in a mindful setting about what foods are good and bad in general and in particular good and bad for you. Mhm. Yeah. You know, and you're able to look you have you have the awareness, the the spiritual, the emotional awareness of what these foods are. And uh-huh. so you have that internal compass. Now, if and so you know, you have the physical creus. Where it's not simply just a you know, you're going to have you in particular are going to have a deeper reaction to foods that you know are bad for you in a physical way than even most people. Yeah. You know, and I am that's, very that's just one of the, yeah, well, that's one of the costs of being a spiritual person. You know what I mean? Every, you know, everybody who wants to walk that path has to, is going to pay that price, but it's a price that all of them gladly pay. The rewards greatly outweigh the benefits of eating hot dogs, you know, but, I don't, you know, as somebody who has, yeah, uh, I, I don't see any anymore. benefits I, to eating hot dogs. I got some tofu uh, hot dogs not too not too long ago. They were they're actually those are pretty good. I can't I can't eat hot dogs anymore. But as somebody who used to be able to eat all processed foods, this all, this all comes down to awareness. And mm-hmm. the easiest way to say it is this: you know, when you're overweight, and you know you're you're leading a junk food lifestyle, you're you you don't even realize that how crappy you feel. You know, feeling crappy is normal for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're going to have so many moments of the day where you're really wakeful. You're going to have so many moments of the day where you're really lucid. It's going to be your maximal lucid. It's going to be your maximal energy. You're going to accept that you're going to be tired after you eat, and so you're not even going to realize that you're creating a lifestyle where you have fewer, you know, mentally engaging activities right after you've eaten until, mm-hmm. it, you know, your mind wakes back up. Right. And you don't have that awareness that it can be it doesn't have to be like this. Okay. And so until you actually start to experience and just eat other foods that aren't causing these problems and notice, oh, I don't feel the same way. I feel better than I normally do. When you gain that awareness, that's when you can start to say, Hey, you know, you see what this is really doing to you. And I remember, you know, we talked about this when I was 16 and I had that that piece of steak with the broccoli but no potato, and all of a sudden I felt so much better. Yes. You know, it's that awareness. You have to take advantage of those times of increased awareness. It's like, okay, what caused this? Let's bring this up, you know, into our consciousness so that we can replicate it, so that we can live this. Mm -hmm. You know, so it it comes down. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I didn't used to be good at that because, like, my mother was very good at, oh, I don't feel good. I said, oh, you don't feel good? Do you want an aspirin or something? like She goes, no, I know I ate this a little while ago, and now I don't feel good. And I mm-hmm. was, at the time, I guess I was a teenager, I was like, I, I wouldn't even remember what I ate an hour ago. How do you pinpoint what's bothering you? Um, but go ahead, and then I want to I have a couple extra thoughts to throw in, really cool ones. No, really, no, that that's – my thought has been – completed on that one. I'd like to hear what okay. you have to say on it. I, I want to talk about cravings um, from a different perspective. I found, I told you, I mentioned uh, in our last conversation that I went on a high-protein diet. I don't remember right. if I mentioned that I took it too far. No, no, you didn't. 
uh-huh, and yeah. found and found that I was in a lot of pain in my kidneys. And I was talking Ooh. to my best friend on the phone, and she's going, you're not drinking enough water. And I said, no, I'm drinking almost a gallon of water a day. Don't tell me I'm not drinking enough water. I mm. am drinking more than plenty and making sure I'm hydrated. And she just kept repeating herself because she had no other information. So I had to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she just kept insisting I wasn't drinking any water. She's lucky I was yeah. on the phone. So yeah. I, I found this GNC, and I started doing some research. One footstep led to another, and I found this kiosk. And somehow I found this thing that said that too much protein is toxic to the kidneys. Yeah, and I thought, oh, my God. It's been around for decades. Um, right. There was a study that came out in the 1940s that it's just one of those things like squats are bad for the knees. You know, you'll hear that a lot. Squats are bad for the knees. Squats are bad for the knees. You know, the world record for the squat set back in 1992 was by a, a you know a PhD in sports physiology. He squatted 1,009 pounds, and to this day, his knees are fine. Oh, um, so you're saying yeah. protein is toxic to the kidneys? Protein is fine I... for the kidneys. My my endocrinologist, who is uh, who is internationally known, is a type one diabetic with kidney uh-huh. disease who has reviewed my diet and told me that the amount of protein I'm eating, which is very high, is fine. Okay. You know, this is somebody who, oh, and by the way, now here's the thing. If you have kidney disease, he advocates a low-protein diet. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Well, if I was eating kidney, just protein for the better part of a year. Do you think that was excessive? Yes, I think that was excessive. I, I am not surprised that you probably didn't feel as good. I wouldn't be surprised of any of the, of the digestional problems that you tell me that you had or energy problems or any cravings that you might have had, mm-hmm. uh, sleep problems. I, I'm guessing at all of that. You know, you haven't told me any of that, but I wouldn't be surprised at any of that. No, you know, just too much of pain. anything is a problem. Sure. I mean, no, it was pretty much the kidney pain, but that sent me on my quest. And then I'll, yeah. I'll, get, to, I'll get to my ultimate point which was that um, I found information on cravings that said that when you crave, when your body craves a food, think of it this way. Picture a person who's addicted to heroin. When the heroin is in their system, they're calm. But when the heroin starts to fade out or wear off, they start to crave it again. Do you agree with that analogy that the foods that your body craves are the foods you, your body doesn't want you to eat? Like a like a heroin type allegory there. Well, I mean that that does make sense. Where if I'm saying, I mean, we talk about somebody who really craves chocolate, and mm-hmm. so then the question is, you know, is chocolate the food that you crave the the food that your body doesn't really want you to eat? I mean, that that's what your that's what the analogy would be. That's what the um, book said. I'm not going to mention the name, but it said that no, the foods fine. that that's you crave is the are the foods that your body doesn't want because when you ingest them. There's a calmness, but once that wears off in your system, that create, creates a craving similar to what a heroin addict goes through. You know, that'll, that'll work. And the way I'll say that is, I mean, to have an intuitive way to know what foods are messing them up and what foods aren't. And I can rattle off a list and I can talk about how, you know, chocolate does have, a, you know, addictive issues. I can talk about... Uh, how sodas have that problem. I can talk about the combination of enriched flour with fat, like that found in pizza or tacos or or nachos or those types of foods, and how when you're craving those, 
you know, something's going on. And I can explain all that in terms of hormones, and, and we, we touched on that last time. Yeah, that was but, great. Well, thank you. But also, you know, there's something to be said for simple and intuitive. And so, you know, if you're at home listening to this and you're trying to figure out, you're not really sure and you're trying to figure out what foods, or you're wondering what foods are really kind of a problem for you and you find yourself craving tacos, this analogy works. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. I, I eat steak every day, but I don't crave steak. Okay. I love it. I'll eat it. I eat chicken every day, well, almost every day, but I don't crave it. I eat eggs every day, but I don't crave it. I don't dream about it. I, mean, I, yes, I, I know what it is to have a food addiction. You know? Okay. And, mm-hmm. and so these are foods that I know are good for me, that I know that really work for me, but I'm not, I'm not going to kill anyone over them. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. They're there. I'm calm about them. You know, yeah. I can't say the same for ice cream cake. You know? Yeah. That's good. Me well, and ice cream cake, we have issues. Well, it's a shame because that's my favorite kind of cake. And yeah. I'll, only, I'll only have it if, like, if I get a birthday cake. Yeah. Um, and it has to be small, and I can't have any more than three or four bites, or I'm not going to feel right. I don't feel sick. I don't yeah. feel dizzy, but I just feel yeah. like my energy field is off. And I don't like that. Yeah. And I don't. I want my energy no. field to be crystal clear. So, you know, I don't. I. It's pretty, and I like staring at. It. Every time I, I mess with the. I don't intentionally do it, but I walk past cakes in the bakery aisle at the grocery store. I'm like, oh, how pretty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, oh, that's really nice. How they. It's artistic how they do that. And they're like, can I help you? I'm like, sorry, no. I'm just looking. I just walk like away. You helped me enough. Just looking at this thing is, is help. Yeah. I just. I just appreciate the art of it. I don't want to eat it, and I just keep going. But that was the day when I was in that GNC um, mm-hmm. that I, my mother had told me about this thing, and I was rejecting it, of course. But I would, had just come from jury duty, and this wonderful woman I met there told me about it, and it was apple cider vinegar. Yeah. So I, that's why I went to the GNC, and the, besides the kidney pain, and I got some apple cider vinegar. And what I did after that is I went on a vegetarian diet, and I flushed my kidneys mm-hmm. out with apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. The pain went mm-hmm. away. I lost 15 pounds. Hmm. And I was doing yoga every day. Yeah. And and it was it really helped me out. Now what I noticed was because behind my mother had started this months before, and so she was ahead of me. But as mm-hmm. I did it, I noticed it not only flushed out my system greatly. Mm-hmm. It I had mm-hmm. increased energy, and yep. Yep. Um, it. It just, I just felt great. Almost like when you drink uh, wheatgrass juice, and I can yep. feel that moving around my body and filling the cells. This is what apple cider vinegar makes me feel like, especially the good stuff, the Brog brand with the sediment yep. called the mother at the bottom. Yep. So I was doing shots of that before and after meals, and it also was, it says carrying uh, extra fat instead of letting it float around your system. It takes it with it. Um, I, I felt that it helped with constipation, but then I noticed my mom, when I went to visit her, and I noticed her wrinkles were disappearing. And mm-hmm. I looked at her skin, and she's Caucasian, so she's got the pinks and the blues in her skin. But her skin was like peaches and cream, and it was so soft, and the wrinkles had smoothed out. So regardless of skin tone, I'm a big advocate for apple cider vinegar and the benefits and just how good I felt in the increase in energy and especially how it made my skin glow. 
are you an advocate you know, for that stuff? I I am, and it's I've I've talked about it on my site. You know, apple cider vinegar is five percent hydrochloric acid, and you need hydrochloric acid, you know, the digestive acid to help you digest all your food. The thing is, as we age, we actually lose hydrochloric acid in our gut, and we're less able to process food. Now, it's interesting that after such a high-protein diet that then you went on a, a vegetable diet, which is the complete opposite, and you start to feel better. And sometimes going from one extreme to the other for a time to balance out is absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, taking in that, uh, you know, taking in that apple cider vinegar, again, like you mentioned, that's going to help with your digestion. That's going to help with constipation. That is going to help with hydration levels. You're going to be able to, to flush out water, flush out toxins a lot better. So I'm really right. not surprised that it was able to help you in, in every way that it did, and I'm glad you found it at, at just the right time. Yeah, and it, I, I really I, I love this stuff, and I recommend it for everybody. Just, you know, just see how you feel with it. I wanted to explain that third I've taken up to six chakra. tablespoons a day. Yeah. Oh, Go you ahead. have? I have a, a cute yeah. little uh, glass, a juice glass on my uh, kitchen windowsill, and I just put cold water. Uh, sh- um, at first, it was pretty nasty, and I could actually smell yeah. it when I be- started to sweat. But after I got used <laughs> to it, oh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funky, and I would, thank God I was home. But uh, I, my mom would do um, eight ounces of water, the apple, a tablespoon of apple cider, wa- uh, uh, yeah, apple cider vinegar, and then uh-huh. some honey to sweeten it, mm-hmm. and that's how she yep. would take it. I got to the point yep. now where I can get ice-cold water in a tiny juice glass, yeah, splash it whatever it. amount, and down it, and I'm good yeah. to go. And after a couple of minutes, it's like, let too. me get those crunches done. I feel great. So I do yeah. that. But I wanted to explain what I had said about the third chakra thing and how my food got stuck. Sure. Do you remember on the last segment when you had mentioned um, why you were an emotional eater? You had mentioned being bullied, and you had a pretty tough time in in childhood. Yeah. So did I, and I was like, you know, I'm with you. And it was really bad. It was really bad, very abusive um, conditions, um, not very healthy conditions physically at home. We didn't have heat or hot water, that kind of thing. It's very tough. And so yeah. when a child grows up in an environment where they feel absolutely powerless to change it or affect anything about it or make it stop, what I did was I would kind of try to see what was coming around the corner. Mind yeah. you, I was, you know, a good nine years old, ten years old, and, and moving onward. And tr- you start to get an, a, an intuition for when trouble's going to start. Or, you yep. know, when daddy's yep. going to act up again and the police are going yep. to come and your stomach yep. starts to shake. And that's the yep. third chakra. That's your sense of yep. personal power. And because I use that intuitively, which is illegal, quote, unquote, as far as the chakra system is concerned, you can do mm. it. And you're supposed to use your third eye for that, but I did it through my solar plexus. And yeah. so it's overdeveloped. And even to the point where it, that's a, the most sensitive part of my body, I can tap it accidentally with my elbow, and it hurts. But when I was 19, I was eating something, and it went down my esophagus slowly, slowly, slowly. And I had already mentioned how, what a slow eater I was already, so it's not like I was wolfing something down. And then it just stopped right at the, at the top of my stomach, and somebody had to give me the Heimlich maneuver. 
Over mm-hmm. the years, I've only met around four other people that this happens to, and that's not to say it doesn't happen to a lot of people, just that I've only managed to get a hold of four of them and say, I think I understand what's happening. Was your childhood like this? And their eyes go wide. Yeah, it was. And did you feel powerless? And did you develop like an uneasy stomach at school right before a certain class? Or, you know, when before you go to work on Monday, does your stomach start to hurt on Sunday nights knowing that there's going to be a tense situation? And then, yeah, there, that's a lot of what I go through. I said, okay, well, what I can ascertain, because I went to the doctor. I had tubes put down my throat. I had the scope put down there. I had the scope put up my nose, down my sinuses, and down my throat. I went through all these tests so they could tell me what was going on, and they didn't find a thing. There was no hiatal hernia. All I heard was, oh, you have a hiatal hernia. You need an operation. Instant stress. Oh, no, it's not a hiatal hernia. You have to have your appendix out. You need an operation. So I was on this medical merry-go-round, and I started crying to my doctor. I said, I just want to know why my food gets stuck. You know, and he's like, okay, we're going to figure this out, and then I don't want you to see a doctor for a year. But what I figured is this. They couldn't find anything because there's nothing to find. It's a spiritual issue. I think there's an energy spike in the third chakra that maybe makes the muscle contract. Oh, why not? Yeah. It 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 gets your food stuck. If that's where the energy is, if that's where it's overactive, of course it's going to cause a contraction. It's going to impact the sympathetic nervous system, not the parasympathetic side. It's going to be overactive. Right. So, and then, and you should see it. I got to show my doctor once. I said, when I got there, I noticed it happening because it will move on its own. My solar plexus, like some, like some monsters in there moving around. So I said to him, I said, I said, you want to see something really cool? And he's like, yeah. And so I start pulling up my shirt and he's like, whoa. I said, no, I want to show you my solar plexus. Watch this. It's really cool. And I show him, yeah. and it's moving on its own. And he looks at me, and he says, only you, Spice. I don't even know what to say to that. I said, but isn't that cool? Because yeah. I could watch it happening. But I noticed, you know, a little bit of consistency with when I ate bread or rice or too, a too big of a first bite, and that would get uh-huh. stuck. Because then you have to become very skilled at engaging your, um, the muscles of the stomach and then your diaphragm and then I had to get the yeah. right yet get in there in the center under your lungs and push up with that muscle. I'm a trained vocalist so I already had contact with those. Uh-huh. And I would push up and then get enough food to come up so that the rest could go down and then I'd have to wait ten minutes and then I could eat. But anyway, that's what I wanted to explain in case anybody listening to this is experiencing this and you're going to doctors and looking for a physical cause it's not a cause, it's an effect, and it's based on, by my um, research in my own life, that's, all, that's the best yeah. I've got for you. I'm not a doctor, and I'm, you know, but it was from third chakra issues, and certain memories would be triggered like a Thanksgiving dinner, and then it's going to squeeze, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. Do you have anything to move uh, to add be- before I move on to the next topic? Uh, I've had my own... Uh... You know, I, I had developed that uh, to a certain degree, that kind of issue where, you know, the solar plexus is firing off and, you know, having an abusive upbringing. Yeah, trying to look for things. And my way of dealing with it was uh, a lot of Kabbalah and working on moving my third chakra energy up into my heart center and uh-huh. some of it down into my first chakra, but getting it out of that personal that personal power space. Right. 
and so and bringing it to a point of having more awareness. And, uh, yeah, helping to mm -hmm. develop my, my third eye more has definitely helped. Okay. So, yeah, well, I don't think I had it to your degree. I had stomach issues. I had severe stomach pain. I've yeah. had, you know, my anxiety was also reflexes driven, and after I started my spiritual practice, I was able to eliminate that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you it know, It rarely I'm, I'm happens blessed. to me now. Yeah. It, it, I've done a lot of work, obviously, but yeah, it rarely happens gotta, to me now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The more well, aware I, you are of your fear and of your anxiety, you know, even if you don't believe in any of this. Right. You know, and there's plenty of people who and that's do. What I know, wanna, but, that's what I want to move on to. I mean, people need yeah. to pick their, pick their toxins, whether your toxin yeah. is junk food or your toxin is negative emotions and bad yeah. memories that are repressed yeah. and resentments that you're holding on to, which leads me to the topic yeah. of forgiveness. Can I tell you a short story? Ah, yes. I'm a, I'm a petite little thing. I always have been. It's always been hard for me to gain weight. But back in the late 90s, before I moved to Florida, I had to end a relationship, and I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. But I had to because it really wasn't a healthy relationship. The person was, they played head games. They were sneaky. And oh, I couldn't yeah. do it. And I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't be on guard like that all the time. And so I had to end it. And I started getting, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had never been heavy in my life. Uh -huh. At 5'1", I went from, what, 122 maybe uh -huh. to 158. I was almost 160 wow. pounds. Yes. I was big, and, you know, my face was all distorted. One, you know, yeah. even 10 pounds on a skeleton this tiny could be two yes. or three pant sizes. It, it, so, it looks way bigger on you Yes, because, so, you're, uh, because of your height. Yeah. Well, I moved to Florida, and I was managing a hotel, so I had access to the gym equipment and all this stuff. So I was like, I, I can't believe this. i got to lose this weight. So I start exercising and, and doing my health kick thing. I was doing 200 crunches a day, mm -hmm. which I enjoy. I, I really do. But I was doing 200 crunches a day and 5 to 10 laps in the pool every day, mm -hmm. sometimes twice a day. And mm -hmm. months went by, and I never lost an ounce. What, ha what helped me and what I want to impress upon everybody, because we had mentioned mm -hmm. that so a lot, most of, in most cases, this excess weight is emotional padding. It's the way you eat in response to the emotions you're experiencing or suppressing or repressing. And it yeah. wasn't until I started to forgive not only that circumstance, but then other circumstances like that with my father. That's when the weight started to disappear as slowly as it came on. Does that make sense to you? You know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Whatever, I mean, for you, I, it's not just... That's the, that was what you've hit on is one of the biggest negative emotional patterns that you are holding on to mm -hmm. and that you are acting on with, with your weight. And so it's not surprising to me that as you start to let that go, a lot of the problems that were associated with it also start to go. Mm -hmm. You know, I yeah. mean, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Scorpio. And I oh, yeah. actually was able, I am, I am a sun conjunct moon with Venus and Uranus all in Scorpio. So I'm, I'm a freak Scorpio. And here's the thing, you know that Scorpios have this horrible temper and they're never able to forgive. But I'm actually a very forgiving person. That's nice to hear. I have Scorpio I rising. I was, yeah. Wait, wait, say that again? Uh, I, I'm a Capricorn with Scorpio rising and Libra moon. You know ah. what I tell people? Pick an argument with me. Watch what happens. 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm Libra on the ascendant, so I have this that's, pleasant. That's got to be why we get along so well, because you feel yeah. like my brother. Yeah, I'm just this pleasant dude. You'll never know that the darkness is under. So you're the eagle, Scorpio. You're the healer. You're you're like the medicine I'm healer, Scorpio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got a way to go. Yeah. But, um, you know, I I had I had Bye. you know family members, yeah, that I had to forgive like that, and yeah, it was real hard. But I was able to do it, and for me, I started to feel safer. And yes. because I started to feel safer, I didn't have to weigh as much. Exactly. You know, as a guy, when you're physically violated, you know, weight helps. You know what I mean? In yeah. this world of, of cavemen beating other cavemen, you know, yes. the bigger caveman wins. Yes. But, you know, when, you know, I'm five foot six, and when I'm not overweight, I'm, you know, generally a petite guy, you know right. what I mean, for, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just not a large person. Nobody would look at me today and describe me as a big person. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I was at my heaviest, I would just be a short, fat person. So, you know, I'm but not that exactly extra the most big person. But the yeah. extra weight put distance between you and them. Yeah, it's protection it's a way of on so many people at arm's length. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and here's something, whether or not a lot of overweight people, whether we want to admit it or not, you know, we are ignored in society. We do get left alone more. We get less attention. I felt that. Yeah. And when you, and that's just, you know, one of the things that when you are an abused person, you don't necessarily, I mean, some people, when they have a narcissistic tendency, that's one thing. But if you don't have that sort of tendency, you just want to be left the hell alone. Exactly. You just want to experience peace, even if peace to you just means the absence of all human contact. Yeah. You, you don't, un, you don't understand, you know, I mean, it's just wanting to be out of pain, but not knowing what feeling good feels like. And not knowing people, when people say, oh, you need to be happy, but if you don't know what that feels like, you don't know what to strive yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's what's going on. You know, so yeah, anytime that you can unleash emotional baggage and you can let go of that entire pattern and however you're going to do it, whatever system that you believe in, use it. Yeah, psychological help, you know. Yeah, for me, I mean, mean, you know, I've used everything. (laughs) No doubt. And you have a special calling to help educate people with this. Maybe yeah. I had a special thing where I needed to be able to relate to a lot of people. So I experienced and that's a, that's a the dilemma, variety. you know. It is the healer's dilemma. Kieran, I have Kieran somewhere in my chart, too, you know, who's the wounded healer. So I know that played a yes. part with it. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, when you're a healer, yeah, you have a calling to experience whatever it is you're trying to heal. And then it's like, okay, now you're going to deal with the problem. Now that you've dealt with the problem, you get to teach others. Go. Yes, exactly. I, you know. Oh, I burned off four lifetimes of karma before the age of 33. I'm, I almost didn't make it out alive, but I'm glad I did. No, so I'm glad you're that, here. Yeah, me too. So, so that's the whole forgiveness idea, everyone, that aspect of um, when we eat emotionally, and which was so well covered in our previous segment that there's really no need to go into it that deeply here. So just tune into yeah. that segment. It's, it's only two segments behind this one in the archives. But when we're when we have that vacuum inside or that hole inside that we're trying to fill and we use our relationship with food to soothe that hurt, that can become a problem. And then that can lead to diabetes as it did for Aaron. Yeah. But he found a way to heal the diabetes. He's no longer on, it, on any kind of medicine. Yes, and that is correct. 
Yeah, and you do it completely with diet and nutrition. Let's move on to exercise. I want to talk about sure. the spiritual benefits of exercise. Oh, okay. I like it. Because when I don't exercise, my body yells at me. Yes, it's good. Like, what, what, I'm glad. I'm glad. What's wrong with you? Like, it's like, you know, when, and here's what I tell people. Here's what I did because I used to be athletic when I was a kid, but then I found high heels and that was the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. High heels were right. Yeah. Yeah. I started with five crunches in the morning immediately upon waking up. Uh That's all I did. Five. And then five wasn't enough in a week and a half or so. Five wasn't enough. It's like my body wouldn't stop. And your body is intelligent and knows what you're trying to do. And it will take over. This is the only way Madonna can be a vocalist <laughs> and be a recording artist is because her body knew what she was trying to do and help make it happen. Um, yeah. That's me. I shouldn't say that. But it, I'm trying to demonstrate the intelligence of the body. Anyway, yeah. so then it was 10 crunches, and then it was 25, and then it was sets of 54 times a day, you know, that kind of thing. And I get to this point, and especially if you're aware of pranayams, have you done that? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, my my it got to the point where my body was doing pranayams in my sleep and waking my husband and I up. Oh, but, nice. Oh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Shaking the whole bed, my stomach's doing this thing where you thrust the air out of your lungs. It was pretty yep. wild. <laughs> anyway, yep. your body knows, and then and it when you honor your temple, it honors you with an yep. overall feeling of well-being and self-acceptance yep. and esteem and confidence. And increased sexual performance because you're unified mentally, emotionally, yeah. and physically. What do you want yeah. to augment that with? Well, you know, this this brings up a couple of great – I have so many thoughts on this. And, you know, I was going to say something earlier, and then we, we got to here, and now I think it's the appropriate place to talk about about unifying the body with, awesome. with, with the spiritual body. You know, we're, you know, we have seven bodies – putting them all together. Yes. Here's the thing. I'll just say it. If you are a spiritual person, not just you, but all of us, we are spiritual beings alive. We are in physical bodies right now. If you're a spiritual person, i.e. if you're a person who believes in all this stuff that we've been talking about, do not deny the fact that you are in a body, in a temple. Honor that temple. And I know this one, I had, I was in a relationship with, with a woman who was a diabetic. She was five foot six, 260 pounds. She already had a bad hip. This was the person who gained a ton of weight because she didn't want people looking at her in, in college. And she would say things like, oh, you know, I have this diabetes. And mind you, she's 260 at five foot six. And she's got wow. diabetes in her family. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, she's, she was very, very, very overweight. And she would say things like, oh, you know, my blood sugar's off because my energy is off. And so she would do rituals, she would burn incense, she would meditate, and her blood sugar would still be off. And she'd say, oh, it's because my energy's off. You know, don't try to use energy medicine to heal a food issue. No. Because what she was doing was she was eating chocolate cake every time she was feeling lousy. And that was about every other day. Oh, my God. Yeah, but this was somebody I, I lived with, and this was one of the people I had to forgive. This was a spiritual teacher of mine. Gotcha. But I learned a lot about not just about, you know, I learned all this, in, this great stuff from her. But what I also learned was the mistakes she was making. 
what and not, to not to do. do those. I mean, this was this was the most spiritually, in, in some ways, the most spiritually enlightened person I've ever met. And Old those, soul. But yeah. teaching, learning what not to do is some of the best lessons yeah. we can possibly yeah. learn. And even she, as powerful as she was, she could not overcome her physical body with her energetic abilities, with her insights. I am, she couldn't I do think, it. I think I know what this, was wrong with her. We're not going to say it out loud, but I can feel yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. See her energy? Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And she that's is deserving fair, yeah. of forgiveness. Yeah. That's a shame. Thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, oh, it comes back yeah. to... Yeah, yeah, that's that's one that you just, once you've seen her, now just back away, because she's yeah. looking back at you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I wouldn't do anything yeah. disrespectful. I'm just, I yeah. can see and yeah. feel it. I think she's yes. a sweetheart. The abyss, the abyss is I, looking I, back. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge that it's a tough thing, and we're, yeah, all, we're all in it together, yep. and I'd be happy to yeah. send her energy if she would want that. Let's, yeah. um, so, so let's continue but, on with... Um, sure comes back to the temple. You know, she was not honoring the body that she was in. She was doing nothing for her body. And so, you know, you have, you know, you can't just exercise your your spiritual energy doing, you know, the meditations, the breathing, the incense. You know, you, you can't just do that. It's not enough. Right. You know, you have to do something physical. You have to work all the aspects of what energy is. Otherwise, you are not complete. Right. You know, and that's that's really how I want to say it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that people can do on the spiritual aspect of this. I mean, if you're the type that just happened to find the show and, and you're a gym person and you just want to hit a bag, and that's fine. You don't have yeah, to subscribe. Yeah, I'm you know, a gym subscribe. person. Oh, yeah. you are? Okay. Yeah. Well, and And yet you have this divine spiritual side too i am um, i'm just aware of what i'm doing while i'm in the church. okay good <laughs> but but some people are you know you don't have to subscribe to any of these beliefs i'm not asking you to go out and do yoga but yeah. if you if you wanted to investigate some really um ancient knowledge that is available in the world there's a, a system called ayurveda have you studied ayurveda i studied ayurveda a bit what's your constitution uh, you know, it, it works it works it never worked Oh, it works. It yeah. Works. I mean, whenever you're, I mean, whenever you are able to, I mean, you are able to affect chakras with physical positions and yeah. link those two. Uh-huh. You know, you're able to and link those two. I, you know, there's there's many ways that you can manipulate the energy bodies. But let me tell you, one of the easiest ways as a as a physical body to manipulate spiritual bodies is physically. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it is so basic. It is so it is so simple. It takes more effort, really, to do you know deep meditations. You know, to to do practical Kabbalah. You know, uh, you know all the all that type of work. Uh, you know, to come into contact with with you know deeper levels of consciousness. You know, deeper levels of of, of you know a higher power. All of that. Then mm-hmm. it is to simply get into a position that forces your chakras to work in a certain way, that forces energy to be released, forces energy to move in to certain places, and allow healing and awareness just to flow in while you're burning calories. Beautifully you know? said. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. just know that energy doesn't just travel from up top down to the physical body. 
It also travels in the reverse direction. When you do that yeah. consciously, it's major yeah. impact on everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, any you know, anything that gets the, you know, you to breathe, you know, from top to bottom, from bottom to top and and to to move through the entire etheric body. Mm. You know, breathing, you know, in every even in the in the western traditions and in the eastern traditions, breathing is is a key element and it's something that you really want to, you know, be aware of that, you know, that is that is how we that is how energy moves. Yes. You know, well, and so yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I brought it up, I had written the note when you were talking about the uh, nighttime eating syndrome yeah. earlier in the show, and mm-hmm. I had written what time to cut it off and can you snack after a certain time, and I wanted to ask a pra- practical question like that, Sure. and I was sure. laughing because I don't need those answers, I know my cutoff time, because my constitution, here's what, let me help the audience understand, with Ayurveda, you can really do this major assessment of your type of body and your type of constitution. And there's three choices, and they um, correspond to the elements, like earth, air, fire, and wood, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't memorize the whole thing, but I, I got enough information to where I was satisfied with the information I have, and I generally move on. But I am, there are three constitutions, pitta, kapha, and vata. And I'm pitta. And I've always known this one detail about myself, but when they told me this based on my constitution, it blew me away. I get my best energy at certain hours. And what I used to do is make a chart of the hours of the day and see how I feel. And sometimes I would feel mental energy where ideas were flowing. Sometimes I would feel physical energy. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I would feel spiritual energy, and I'm really digging into that and doing that thing. But according to Ayurveda, when you're a pitta constitution, you get your best energy between the hours of 10 and 2. And that was dead on. And that's where I would Perfect. schedule most of my business meetings, between 10 and 2, Perfect. and I would take lunch at 2. But I also found that if I did not get myself into bed at least by 10.30, that energy spike's going to come, and I'm going to have a hard time going to sleep, and I may even be awake well until... 2.30 or so until that spike diminishes, and then I can fall asleep. So depending on your yeah. constitution, that might help you with the timing of your meals and when yep. to put your body in the bed. Yes, absolutely. You know, we all have, and if, you know, to put it in a, in a give it a modern-day spin, we can talk about circadian rhythms and how everybody has different rhythms going on inside their body. Right. But you know, the more aware one, the more aware way to say it is what you've just said is that hey, we all have these rhythms. It behooves us to know when they are. And there's people who were around about five thousand years ago who already figured all this out for you. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. See, five thousand years ago. Yeah. The, the guy from two thousand BC, he can help you out. You know. Yeah. In, in yeah. The dude with the long beard and the cane. That him. Yeah, he's so PC. I love that outfit. Yeah. PC. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I want to. Um, that's so much fun, even just bouncing that around. But I want to acknowledge that the holidays will be coming around the corner sure. very soon, and yep. I want to mention to everybody in your book. I haven't mentioned the title in an hour. It's the new diabetes prescription. Aaron D. Snyder available on Amazon and at his website ultimateweightlossrx.com. You mentioned in the book. I said briefly that you have illustrated exercises. You've got your 
exercises for the glutes, obliques, lower back. You really go through it. This is really great. There are charts. You talk about the sensible carbs, picking your carbs, when, which ones. That's very specific. But then Mm -hmm. you mentioned that I thought the audience would appreciate is how to not gain weight over the holidays. So if you would share a little bit about that and what else we can benefit from inside the book on that topic. I'd be happy to. You know, this is, this is a great issue because we talk about the holiday season. As soon as I say the holiday season, one of the top three things people will think about after how much they hate their in-laws is weight gain. And then the holidays are, what well, we can say Halloween. We can say Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We can say Christmas for most people, with some, some people Tonica. But, we, you know, we can say one of those two. Mm-hmm. We can say New Year's. That's four days. Out of 60. So what's really going on is it's not those four days. You know, nobody got fat from a day of overeating. Okay. Nobody. Nobody got fat from a single day of overeating. Nobody has ever in the history of the United States, because Thanksgiving is only that old, has gotten fat from the single day, the single dinner of Thanksgiving. What is is all the days of overeating between those days and the excuse that we allow it, that it is a time that we're supposed to just eat and eat and eat. You know, His what disease. is that celebrating? What is, I mean, you know, if we're, if we're going to be spiritually enlightened about this, what are we really celebrating if we're eating and eating and eating between all these different days? You know, we get together with our loved ones on Thanksgiving, either, you know, on Christmas or if we're having our eight days, and you know, our eight nights in Hanukkah, Right. Or if we're taking our kids out for trick-or-treating, you know, during Halloween, what are we really celebrating just by destroying ourselves over all those other days? And so that's, that's one of the things to, to keep aware of that, that helps you to say no, or at least, you know, be polite about it and say no thank you, when offered the ritual of mm-hmm. eating during the, the entire holiday season and then resenting the fact that you're 15 pounds heavier. And that's yeah. really step one about weight loss during the holidays. The second one went to that because I said, notice that you say no, you say no thank you, i.e. you say no thank you when offered these goodies. In other words, it's not you who's indulging yourself in these goodies. Why? Because you want to not have the indulging food around in your house during this time. Don't have the leftovers. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. you know what I resent? I resent that I cannot donate my leftovers to some starving children in Africa fast enough before they go bad. What about a you neighbor? Know, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have to find a very I, skinny neighbor who I, needs it. That, I mean, that's what I, you can do. I, you know, there are people who – go ahead. I buy Thanksgiving dinner for my neighbor every year. You know, I that, that is a very charitable thing. I make small meals for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, my family likes dark meat better than white meat, so cooking an entire turkey is not advisable. Yeah. yeah. And then with all those leftovers, uh, what's the point? So I, I, we celebrate each other instead That's of fantastic. the of food on the table, you know? And I'll bet you have a better Thanksgiving than 99% of us. And I mean, my really. And get stuck in my esophagus because of this tension, yeah. How about that? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that works. I mean, my wife wasn't born in this country, so she's not big on Thanksgiving. So, you know, usually we're traveling on that day. I spent last Thanksgiving in Costa Rica. It was fabulous. That sounds great. My birthday's on yeah. Christmas. And and yeah. my husband's is on New Year's Day. So we're more about our birthdays than the actual holidays. Yeah. So we split yeah. it. 
But we're not going to sit there and gorge ourselves. And, and there's we do it our own way. We have a spiritual bent on the holidays. And we just cherish, you know, our families and, and spend a little time and do that. But it's not – we don't allow that excess pressure to be honest because then we don't have to respond to it and be miserable and then be glad that the holidays are finally over. I think it's such well an emotional said. time. You know, yeah. I just want to enjoy it. I, New Year's Eve, I'd really rather just do a guided meditation um, and yeah. have a nice quiet dinner and watch TV or, or just something or just talk, you know. Rather than be yeah. in a group of loud people, I, I can't. I can't deal with that, too much chaos. But I, yeah. I, I, it takes a while over a period of years to really learn what's right for you in the best way to celebrate a holiday or your birthday. Yeah. In our, it's both. Um, and I'm much, I'm much more peaceful as a result, you know. And I, I think a lot of us are responding to pressures. There's those work parties. Those, I, thought, I always thought those Christmas parties at work were stressful. People act funny, and it made yeah. me feel weird. You know what I mean? And then yeah, I, yeah. the overspending, and it's a lot of stress. And I just very slowly withdrew from that to examine it and then said, okay, this is what I'll participate in, and this is what I will not. Then I'm, and so I'm you set boundaries. I set boundaries, and I reinforce and, them. And that is one thing that a lot of overweight people fail to do is to set boundaries. Uh, you know, bless their hearts. You know, every last one of them, but a lot of them allow themselves to be walked on. You know, That's very true. and a lot of and it happened to me. I mean, both of us, you know, described situations where we were abused. Yeah. You know, there are. I I didn't figure this out. You know, and I'm I'm I hope I don't have to learn this in this life, but I still haven't figured out how to completely resist an abuser to the point where even if they're they're physically you know, pummeling me, I, I, you know, my head is still high. It, it, it's not a lesson I care to learn. Right. But the, it is an example of not, still not being taken advantage of even when someone is hurting you. It's very but hard. It, it's extremely difficult. And so it's, you know, I, my heart goes out to you if you're one of those people and, and you've identified that, hey, you know, you have these situations where people have walked all over you and it makes you want to overeat. I understand that that's really difficult, you know, but one of the things that you can do, you do, but the thing that, you know, for all of you suffering from that, you still have control over yourself. No one has taken that away from you. You know, you are no one's puppet, and so you still have a choice with if you're going to strengthen yourself or weaken yourself, and let me tell you, that is one thing that I have learned is how to empower the self and food can be one of the most empowering or weakening tools that you have at your arsenal, and it can make or break you. And I highly implore you to start using food to arm yourself instead of to weaken yourself. And you wait. Your relationships, even with your greatest aggressors, will change when you do. Mm, well said. That's amazing. I would be happy to talk with you off the air about a few things that I found. Um, sure. But for for all the for, that was beautifully said, and I think it gives a lot of people pause and something to think about because that knee jerk reaction when it, it here it comes, yep, they're yeah. doing it, they're going to abuse me, and then you still can't yeah. open up your mouth and say anything. Yeah. Is I I am happy to report I'm seventy five percent through it. 
Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm about good. 75% there, but I still feel that picture like wanting to move forward and then there's that stuck and that paralysis and that throat lockup feeling. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a relaxation to it where because I don't like going to extremes. I don't I didn't like the feeling of going from a doormat to aggressive and defensive and assuming they're yeah. going to do something and then taking yeah. all this time to have my comebacks ready. If if you I don't know if you listen to my show, but yesterday um, I did my Course of Miracles segment with Robert Rosenthal, MD, and we were talking about defenses and, and defense mechanisms of the ego. Uh-huh. It's good stuff, because he's a licensed psychiatrist. Good. So he went through all this great stuff, and I was like, oh, God, I love it. But, yeah, there was, there's all this tendency to go from one extreme to the other, and you have to find a balance. So you have to find a way to say, okay, I've attracted this to myself again. I see this as an opportunity. I'm going to try to practice now and say, excuse me. Yeah. I don't like the and way you're talking to me. when you can get to that point, when you can get to that point where it's, this is practice. Right. You know, like, you know, I mean, that, that, that has so much to it because once, you, once you're saying that, hey, this situation is practice, one, you're aware of it, you're aware that it's a situation. Two, you've accepted your responsibility, your part of the, of the deal that you're in this situation. Yes. You've accepted it as a lesson. You're not resisting it anymore, and now Perfect. you're trying to learn your way through it. With flow. I mean, with yeah, acceptance. yeah. I mean, yeah. you're almost home free once you're at that point. Yeah. It's, I can't believe, I feel like, and I'm, I'm guiding several of my clients through this on, on, in various situations, but it's all the same content, just different form. Yeah. But I, I, I promised them, I, to all of them, I said, listen, there's going to come a day if you practice this that you're going to turn around and go, oh, my God, what was I afraid of? What yeah. was so hard about that? And, and that's your graduation day. That's your graduation day, and there's a tendency to want to beat yourself up, but don't do it. Just congratulate yourself for getting up. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're halfway up Everest. You get to that point where you can say, excuse me, I don't like the way you're speaking to me. If you'd like to yeah. take a time out and reconsider your angle or yeah. reconsider where that's coming from, yeah, I, I'm, it doesn't matter to me. But let's give it 15 minutes and come back, and you're going to talk to me like yeah. a, a, a responsible adult. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of yeah. snarky things you can say. But you know, when we were in our 20s, I would, before I would even go out with my friends, I'd be like, okay, if someone's going to say this, and I'm going to say this, okay, that's good. Well, what if they say this? Oh no, I got to come up with something better. How much time yeah. and energy did I waste on surmising what? And, well, to be honest, in most cases, I was right, but. That's a lot of energy to, to be spending on comebacks and defense techniques. It's exhausting, and, and it doesn't allow for a good time. And no, it doesn't. So the good times came when I decided I had enough of that, and I just stayed home and read spiritual books. Yeah. I was yeah. so peaceful. I was so peaceful. And I'm, I'm glad I made that decision. I don't feel like I missed out on a thing. And I think a lot of us do feel that way in some areas of our lives where maybe we have two or three areas that are stable or successful, but they feel like they missed out on something, and there's this inner longing. And maybe that's yeah. part of the overeating or um, misuse of food instead of its intended purpose type of thing. Uh, exactly. Mm. Well, I've had a great time. Is there anything you'd like to add? Um, there's a there's a hundred thousand things more that we could say, but 
you know, when there's a time to stop, there's there's a time to stop. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you know, I had a great time as well, and it's not every day that I get to talk about all of these things at this level. In fact, this I think this is one of two times I've been able to do that, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. It's When I started the show, it's one of the things I found was, oh, my God, I can talk to people about this and not feel like a weirdo and yeah. not be the teacher yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can just talk. Yeah. And it, it yeah. really helped me with the loneliness, and especially since I'm in the Bible Belt and you have to watch what you say. And oh, you don't yeah. go running around swinging noisemakers going, I'm a psychic medium. Would you like me to yeah. read your energy field? And, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So it got very lonely. Uh, even with some family imagine. members, they don't, they don't know what I do um, yep. because they, they yep. won't like it. And, and that's okay because I'm not apologizing anymore to anyone for who I am or, or what I do or what I'm good at. But I, when I noticed with each guest and we got to like kind of relax and kind of kick our feet up and be like, wow, I haven't had a chance to say this and it's been on my heart and on my mind and I wanted to say it. So I, I know how you feel and I, I am just so happy that you feel that way with me is what I'm Thank trying to say. Thank you for creating a medium where that could happen. No. Oh. Thank you for yeah. making me feel comfortable and all your other guests. You're welcome. And, and if you decide you want to come back on to continue, switch up, further sure. the conversation, just let me know. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that'd, be, that'd be great with me. Okay. Now, if anybody has any questions about anything we've talked about with regard to spiritual, nutritional, you, you're a, a trained nutritionist. Let's tell everybody a little bit about you because I didn't do a formal introduction because I sure. knew we, I, we had a lot yeah. to cover. Yeah, well, I am a, I'm a nutritional consultant. Uh, I'm also a certified personal trainer through the NSCA. Uh, you can reach out to me if you have any questions. New diabetes, if you want to check out my website and read some of my blogs or you know join my club, it's ultimateweightlossrx.com. If that's too hard for you to remember, just remember New Diabetes Rx, and just remember the at Gmail and the dot com after that, and it'll take you to the same place as Ultimate Weight Loss Rx. The book is the New Diabetes Prescription, um, but you know, my heart of you know really really drove me to write this book has been in this conversation and the prior one that we had. So, you know, that's me in a nutshell. Mm. And our previous segment where we did go into the diabetic side of things is September fifth, uh, two thousand fourteen. You can access that archive at your convenience. Take some notes. Maybe something will trigger in your mind that you might want to talk with Aaron about. And uh, if you have any experiences you'd like to share with us we'd love to hear it well all righty i wish you every success and every joy and i, I wish look you forward to thank you i look forward to speaking with you again in the future all righty sounds good okay thank you Aaron. you too bye-bye okay everyone thank you very much for tuning in until next time god bless and be at peace